Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Azure podcast with your hosts, Sam Foote and Alan Armstrong. If you're new here, we're a pair of Azure and Office 365 focused IT security professionals. Each episode, we talk about a specific topic in this space. This week, it's episode 20 of season two. We're going to talk around Microsoft XDR, Microsoft's holistic approach to extended detection and response. Hey, Alan, uh, how are you doing? Hey, Sam, I'm not doing too bad. How is this our last uh, technical uh, episode? Exactly, yeah. Uh, I, I should have called that out in the intro, to be totally honest with you, right? You know, uh, yeah, season, <laughs> the end of season two is here. It's, um, yeah, it does seem uh, pretty uh, crazy. Am I right in thinking that we've successfully uploaded every week for 20 weeks? Is that right? Were we that consistent yep. at the start of? Is that is that yep, right? We've yeah. done that. Yeah. Some somehow. Yeah. <laughs> somehow. There's been a few yeah. close close calls. <laughs> we had like a near on. Was it a year gap or two? Was it that long? I can't remember. Was it yeah, two years? something like that. Yeah, it was, it was it was crazy, wasn't it? So um, so yeah. So uh, as we've spoken about uh, previously, uh, this will be the last episode of uh, the season. Uh, we're gonna have a short break over the holiday. Um, period um get get refueled and recharged and, and get back into it um early in the new year well that's that's the current plan anyway yeah we've got got one more episode haven't we that's uh yeah uh, recap in effect but non-technical yeah Hopefully. we're going to go through our best bits um and just a, sort of a season finale um probably not a super long episode but yeah just just to recap and and regroup and talk about next plans and things like that so yeah so without further ado um xdr um, so just, just to give you a little bit of context, um, Alan and I, um, we're not involved, uh, too heavily in XDR day to day, uh, but it's definitely, um, something that we, we are grow, uh, sort of learning and growing into and, and try and tr- trying to, to understand and, and, and really, uh, wrap our arms around uh, Alan, what's your sort of, um, day to day on XDR, how, 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 how does it fit in with your professional life? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely on, on the radar, um, you know, because I look after the, the Microsoft Defender products and Sentinel, you know, you know our, well, we'll talk about it later, but, you know, kind of ties into all of that. But, um, but yeah, it's not probably my main thing at the moment. Yeah, but, um, I, w- I would say be. as, yeah, as consultants, I think we are um, almost... Um, putting in a lot of these products that make up XDR, right? We might not be there in terms of managing those clients, you know, day to day. They might be part of, say, a managed service, or they might be managing the, themselves internally. But I think, um, and we'll, we'll talk about XDR because if you've got if you've got no exposure to it, we'll we'll take you through it um, step by step. Um, but as um, uh, uh, professional services consultants um we, we end up uh, deploying a lot of these tools that make up um these xdr um this this xdr solution so yeah um it's exciting to see uh, a joined up and holistic viewpoint which is great so yeah okay then so let's get started then so um i guess the first thing is what is xdr what's it stand for we kind of said about it in the in the start but you know what does it actually mean yeah, and just a quick one. Uh, Alan and I are going to jump between this together um, because it's an area that we both got exposure to from different sides. So um, we're going to sort of, um, there's no expert per se here on XDR. 
um, we're just going to bat it between each other. So, um, so yeah, so uh, XDR. So uh, the XDR um, acronym stands for Extended Detection and Response. So uh, in essence, this is a, a new way to approach um, th- uh, threat detection, but also the response element of threat detection. Um, there's there's many there's many tools and sources um, I- inside an organization. Uh, maybe maybe generating logs. Um, maybe it's got its own. Uh, maybe uh, tooling that you've got has its own um, brain AI. However, it's you know uh, it co- you know it, it it jumps from logs to alerts. Um, so it's around. It's it's around having a holistic viewpoint of, of these all of these systems, um, but not also is it a holistic view because I think we've had uh, seam tools before that have brought say logs into one singular system. So in that in in, in Microsoft's case, it's 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 Microsoft Sentinel, um, but it's really about that like unified and holistic response mechanism. So what what we mean by response and, you know, response can come in many forms. So, for instance, a very simple response may be um, we've detected the misuse of a global administrator account. Let's say, you know, we we have the technology to 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 make that detection, you know, however that's set up, it, it doesn't really matter in this context. Um, but then it's what what happens in the response element um, it, it, it is part of that incident. Is there automated response that we could we could go through? You know, um, you know, are, are you set up for a more, you know, traditional manual response? You know, and, and uh, different businesses have very different needs when it comes to, say, response times and, you know, the automation of their response as well. So so really what to, to, to use a. Let's use a really um, a, a concrete example, I suppose. Um, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Alan, and, and please do, do, do guide me on this. But mm-hmm. the way that I see it is, is if we're talking about an endpoint response, um, then what we might say is, is, is something like we have detected that a machine has, you know, potentially uh, malware on it. Let's go ahead and, you know, from an automated perspective, remediate that machine. Maybe we'll isolate that machine. Maybe it's possible to actually, you know, um, remediate that that malware before it's even taken hold, you know, just detecting it and responding um, instantly. Um, but then it's, it's not just a case of, you know, very few incidents are fully isolated to a single machine. So that might be part of, you know, um, the attack chain or, you know, you want, you, you maybe, you know, maybe you're an organization that maps a- across to the MITRE framework. So, you know, that's not, you know, the reconnaissance element of that attack. That's, you know, maybe the, the end step of it. So having the holistic view of what has happened across all of those tools and maybe even responding earlier on in that attack chain um, could, could be very beneficial to, to, to organizations. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. And the other view of it is that if you've got a solution, an XDR solution that you're right, you've detected this malware, but where has it come from? That's kind of thing. So then you're checking your email solution. 
does that email solution see it go through? Is there something you can remediate there to stop it? You know, is it a phishing email or a, you know, a malware email that's got through zero day? You've detected that, or you've you know the system's now detected that in this XDR solution. Um, it's now gone off to the mail you know, the email security and gone right now. Can you purge that email from everyone's mailboxes so that you know, you're stopping the attack or the the potential for the spread of the the compromise if people have clicked you know, clicked on it. Yeah. Yes, you know EDR should kick in and everything, but you're finding up the chain, the block, you know, the um, kill chain, what's caused what sort of thing. So it's covering yeah. that side of things yeah. as well. And I think uh, the the way that I sort of see it, and I, I don't know if this is a good analogy, but if you imagine all of your different tooling and areas, right, as little silos that you maybe have at the moment, right, maybe you've got your EDR solution and then you've got, you've got X, Y, and Z, maybe you've got a couple of the defenders turned on and things like that, but it, it requires let's say a human to orchestrate all of those things to work effectively, doesn't it? Right. You know, you, you know, if you detect, you know, um, if you detect something in one system, then the only way that, you know, you're going to get some sort of response, like you say, you know, you, you detect malware on one machine. That's your, that's your ED, that's your, like your EDR silo there. And then you've got, okay, I now need to go to my email system. There's another silo of technology and, and logic and you know a process in, in one other area um but what if we could join those things up you know maybe you know we're lucky enough that they're inside of the same like technology ecosystem and they can talk to each other you know um i think that is that is really what's what what's important so um so yeah correlation of in- incidents is is a massive i think a massive part you know a big driver for xdr and we'll talk about instant correlation in a bit more depth, um, but we're, we're we're essentially saying that we want to see a a complete picture of that attack chain, right? You know, from hopefully, you know, if we've got things you know correctly configured, we, when when we're doing that that hunting, we should be able to see each of those, you know, as as much information in one um, holistic place, um, unified place, in order to make our uh, our hunting as effective as possible right um which i i think does it does go beyond just um a sentinel itself right you know because sentinel can have you know a bunch of information fed into it but when you've got other SaaS tooling and 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 tooling that's building its own alerts and its own intelligence then that is a, a another step above that right that is that is something that's slightly different yeah, definitely. That, yeah. Whilst you can get all the logs into one place, like you said, there may be some uh, additional context that you don't see in logs from another system because it's you know it's it's, it's you know third party, it's um, trademarked or something. They don't want to pull that out. It has to be in that portal or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But, but yeah, there yeah, is that. And because the thing is, what what the way I sort of see Sentinel and Seam is, it's kind of like a you 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 bring it up and then it's like a blank canvas ready to sort of build your own you know to your detect you know library of analytic rules and detections and, and things like that right there, there's and don't get me wrong there's lo- there's absolutely tons of content there that's ready for you to absorb right and to it to, to get massive effectiveness out of but you have to do that yourself right you have to do that glue if you will you know breaking down those silos like uh by yourself you know that's the 
that that's that's almost the the benefit and uh, the benefit and the downside of of that scenario right is because you have to have the knowledge to glue everything together like you know c- correctly if if that makes sense well it's it's also correlating all the data make sure it's in the right format and everything yes microsoft have made it easier to do with um some of the standards they've got and things like that but every product is different in how it you know brings those alerts out you know it might be some information might not be all the information yeah, it depends on the data source and things like that. And you're right, you you know there is loads of content there for those products, and generally to to do, I guess detections against multiple sources. But if you've got a unique combination, then you're going to have to build that in effect. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, analytics around um, the event itself. You know, um, attempting to build, you know, from a viewpoint of XTR, attempting to build a timeline for those correlated incidents into, you know, a one unified uh, a timeline. Um, automated detect and response. So this is where we are um, identifying remediating threats in real time. So that is a uh, an automated layer of protection, you know, but in those specific workloads, right? You know, driven by the technology in those individual workloads. So we're not talking around, you know, um, um, you know, saw capability in Sentinel and managing that yourself, like you know, running out to, um, to, to 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 logic apps to, to to build those, you know, custom automations. We're saying first party, um, first party detect in response, and I think auto healing is part of that, right? You know, we see that with. EDR around, you know, malware removal and things like that. All of those, you know, systems are interconnected and working autonomously for you, right? So you don't have to build that again, that glue um, yourself effectively, right? Well, yeah, and that those environments where it's it's in effect built in is you don't have to maintain it. You don't have to keep it up to date. You know, if no, an API exactly. changes or new functionality comes in, it's it's there, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, well, the, the, the way that I saw, <laughs> kind of uh, saw it was that, you know, if 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 ingesting everything into your seam is like DIY, right? And I don't know the best way. If it's like pass, <laughs> let's say. Let's say it's pass, right? Like platform as a service. They're giving you a platform and you configure it as you like, right? I actually think it's more SaaS. But, but in, this, like, in this analogy, let's call it pass, right? And then you've got XDR, which is utilizing Sentinel, but you're effectively, um, and, and you are you can do all of those things, all that glue together, bring in third parties. We'll talk about that le- later. That's still important. But in terms of um, certain word lo- workloads feeding into Sentinel, what we're saying, it's more like a SaaS model where we're saying, you know, um, onboard uh, Defender for Endpoint, connect it to Sentinel and like, let it work you know like let it let it flow its alerts in let it flow its data in um but when it comes to of you know um, event correlation and building of timelines and, and 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 all of that juicy analytics for you you know let those tools deal with it and like you know to your point let them maintain it you know let the people that you know build those tools and what you're licensed for and you're paying for to build that glue for you automatically I mean, there is an element of trust there that we suppose we have to talk about as well, because, you know, like it is a black box at that point. Right. So how do you, you know, how, how do you guarantee these things? But 
um, it, I think it is adding a lot of um, flexibility um, there. Okay, so I think that's a brief primer on XDR. Is there anything else, Alan, that you, you want to go through on XDR? Anything you think I've missed or you think is worth um, capturing? No, I think we've sort of captured it where you've captured it quite well. It is, as it sounds, it's bringing you know that extra data in and the sort of connectivity of all those products as well. It's not just the logs being connected. It's about the, the products as well. Okay. So can we move on, can, can we move on from sort of a high level theory of, you know, XDR and let's, let's try and um, link XDR to some real world, you know, the, the, the framework, the topology of XDR. Um, would you be okay to take us through like a high level overview of the sort of products that feed into XDR that make up that solution? Yeah, sure. So this, this kind of, you know, we've talked about, you know, it could be, you know, these products um, communicating between each other. Uh, do you want this Sam, in the context of Microsoft or as a generic? Thing? Yeah, I think, I think let's, let's talk about Microsoft XTR, I think, because, okay. because, because, because what it will do is it will frame us right into the, the, you know, their unified sort of ecosystem, if that makes sense. And it will keep it relatively nice and neat for, for, for the podcast, I think. Yeah. Okay. So, so Microsoft's view of, of XDR is um, bringing in some of the, you know, their, their Defender products. So we'll split this into, it's kind of three actually, isn't it? So we'll talk about, so Microsoft Sentinel, Microsoft 365 Defender as a whole, and Microsoft Defender for Cloud. So how does that break down? Why, why are they sort of, you know, the XDR sort of products? So Microsoft 365 Defender brings in, um, now brings in all of the Microsoft Defender products. So, you know, that includes Defender for Identity, which is covering your on-premise identity. So you're bringing that data in. You've got your Defender for Endpoints. So that is bringing all your endpoint security, EDR, you know, capability. You've got Microsoft Defender for Cloud apps. So that is looking at, you know, Office 365, any SaaS apps that are communicating with that as well as anything that is going through the um, uh, conditional access um, access control. So you can see what people are doing. You've got Microsoft um, Defender for Office. So again, that is bringing all your email and, and SharePoint and OneDrive and, and that as well. And some of the other products as well, we've kind of talked about it in some of the other sort of um, episodes, like Defender for Endpoint can also bring in visibility of your IoT devices in that environment. So that brings, you know, those very large areas all into one place, which is the Microsoft 365 Defender portal. And we've talked about this quite a bit. Um, but that Microsoft 365 Defender engine is, you know, in effect XDR on its own because it is pulling all this information in, correlating for you. You've got all those events in one place. You can hunt, you know, advanced hunt through all of those different, you know, piece of information but they've also built in all the remediation and rec you know, one you can do it all through the portal it will do it automatically in some scenarios um they've now recently brought in the um uh, attack disruption or that's coming in where it will actually do something to stop an attack happening rather than 
in effect, when something's happened, then we'll remediate. So it's actually detecting stuff coming in. Um, and and yet, I, I, like I kind of suggested before, you know, you know, when we see an email on or a malware being you know opened on a endpoint, we can track that hash of that file to an email, and then Defender for Office will go and pull it out of all, you know, purge all of the emails to stop that attack that way. So it's just showing that sort of mainly automated piece, but also the APIs are there for all those products in one place that you can do that some of that remediation. So we may jump out in Sentinel to a playbook, but we don't have to build some real custom pieces. We just you know call call you know the API and say isolate this device or contain this IoT device, purge this email, etc. Or even now today with Defender for Identity. Uh, disable this account on premise AD. I mean, if you think about today, I think the well, I personally think the only way you do that is by in an in a you know an Azure environment is create a, an Azure automation to then talk go and talk to something on premise to then run a PowerShell script to do that. You think of all those things you've got to look after and keep yeah. up to date. And maintain, you know, yeah, maintain, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's loads of different moving parts there, and what happens if it doesn't work? You know that you've got all that risk. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, I, I, yeah. Because, yeah. because, and, and it's interesting that you say that you know, three six five defender. Because now it's all sort of merged into you know the defender like portal, right? Yeah. It is kind of like its own mini XDR, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, it's 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 already got that joined up. You you know you you know thinking and I, I what what really sort of resonated when 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 you you were describing it there as well to me was how it's 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 not just providing you that black box and that joined up you know thinking and its own its own capability and feature set let's call it that right you know um it's not just giving you that but it's also enabling you um the ability to create advanced automations in playbooks you know um um and 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 opening up functionality to you as a business you know to like I'll, I'll take the automated isolation of a device right you know like i detect malware and i detect ransomware i'm going to isolate this device just for good measure do you, do you see what i'm saying um the the tooling might not take it to that level right you know it might not say okay no actually that's you know that would be too disruptive for us you know to for microsoft to say this is the response, you know, this is a response that we think should be, you know, um, automatically, um, you know, enacted because well, it could well, be quite dangerous, right? I was going to say, can you imagine, you know, I, you know, it automatically isolating the whole network yeah, of exactly. devices. That's it. I can just imagine that's just like, that's not 10,000 devices. That's it. God. Microsoft are going to have that conversation about. So, <laughs> so, but, but, but an organization might say, you know, it might say, okay, for this subset of users, if, if we ever saw ransomware, we're just going to isolate their machine right? We're going to take the risk of potential disruption to their device, but we're going to protect whatever network they are on, not just our internal network, but, you know, because these solutions are on endpoint, right? You know, it's not a network, you know, uh, mm -hmm. level solution, right? So it's effectively at any time, um, IT instead of the networking and infrastructure team can isolate a device if they, if they deem they, that they need to. And um and and like you say the 
API to isolate a device is exposed what well, via like a REST API, but also in logic apps. You know, there's there's very easy you know connectors and actions there to to automate these things. So where there are, and this is what I think Microsoft is really good at, is leaving some great gaps for people, right, and not overreaching in terms of you know their full, which is sometimes a bit of a a, a bit of a downside because they don't plug every gap, right but they do leave enough flexibility for people to approach things in their own way, right? Um, and and not overbearing all these products with too many really complex, you know, um, like configuration options, onboarding options and things like that. You could criticize that on the other side, you know, devil's advocate and all that is that they're leaving out functionality that, you know, other third parties would include, you know, as part of it. And you don't have to like pay a partner to come and help you. Um, but what what I think they they strike a good balance of is is giving you this automation, this ability to do things, but then also giving you the ability to build on top of that in your organization. Because even if you even if you are an organization like an, an end customer, you know of of these products, not like us where we're a um, a partner. If you're an end organization, chances are you've probably got you know um, technical people in your business who may want to plug those gaps into build those, you know, and maintain those, th- those solutions on top of these products. Right. You know, so I think, I, I don't think it's, you know, de- debilitating for organizations, you know, um, or, or what do you think about that, Alan? You know, do you think that's, do you think that's a positive thing that they're, they're, they're leaving those gaps there for people? Yeah. I think having the, the flex, like you said, the flexibility or the capability to be able to do customization is, is key because, you know, there is always those unique scenarios that someone's got and instead of trying to them trying to build that into the product and wait for the the release and i think they're leaving it open not open but they're leaving it so that it is it can be interpreted in many ways because there are different processes things like that but outside of that i think what we've got to kind of also talk about is that if microsoft 365 defender is like a mini xdr how easy is this for small businesses just to consume think you know you don't have to have 20 products to give you this holistic view of everything it is you know you're almost building like you know your small business you're you're 10 to 20 people you know users maybe up to 300 maybe you you haven't got to it's not that complex to kind of set up you may want to have some sort of management on top of it that might be true but it's quite easy and kind of simple to understand what you need to get to to get your full view i guess that's how i feel anyway yeah, or if you do need to engage a third party, how much smaller that engagement actually is, right? And more accessible, you know, because you could effectively just go, if if you were a smaller business, but you wanted like, I'll call it like enterprise grade security, <laughs> right? And and visibility, right? And I hate I hate those words because it makes me sound like I'm selling firewalls or something like that, right? Um, um. But you, you could effectively go and buy, say, E5, like bells and whistles, right? And sort of say, money's no object because I don't have relatively as many users, right? Um, and then for a relatively small engagement, you know, you, you, you could effectively turn on a lot of these, like, 365 Defender products really rapidly, right? Couldn't you? Then flow them into, and I suppose you'll talk about um, Sentinel in a minute, but then flow them into Sentinel, there wouldn't be a huge amount of data going into Sentinel, so your costs wouldn't be crazy, right? But you would get this 
you know, joined up, you know, viewpoint, you know, for sure for, okay, yes, you would pay for uprated licensing to get that, that value in, and all of those things, you'd have to be fully in Microsoft's ecosystem, but it could, it could well be done, right. You know, uh, completely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, that's the, 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 not the problem, but the, the concern, I guess, I feel for small businesses is that is that cost and having to buy certain, you know, multiple products, you know, this AV or EDR solution, this for to secure, if I've got a small AD, got to do this to do other things, you know, and it's, it's everywhere. And you've got, you know, five contracts to deal with and they all change at the different times and et cetera. Yeah. Or they all need specialist people. You know, can't maybe have one vendor that can look after all of them maybe as yeah. well it's all that sort of stuff as well yeah definitely 100 percent. okay so microsoft 365 defender let's quickly go on to defend for cloud and we've talked about defender for cloud in the past but this is looking at your cloud iaz pass environment so this is azure uh aws and gcp um this is you know bringing that information about you know that environment you know what's what's happening on the management side of things what's you know what's the networking um what's you know what's happening with your app service and key vaults and or your your, your key storage and etc and containers um sql so this is bringing all that information that you may not be able to see or would be you just see logs for it per se with no remediation that you can grab and you know pull that into defensive cloud and we've talked about it from a cs you know, cloud security posture management and some of the protective workloads in a lightweight way um we didn't go into those too too much detail last time because it was all about cspm at the time but yeah yes it's all you know automatic remediation in in the clouds in you know clouds mainly azure but does push out to aws and gcp and that technology is growing so that's bringing all that information into one place in microsoft defender for cloud um is there anything else, Sam, around Defender of the Cloud that I've missed? It's kind of we've kind of talked a lot about Defender three six five, and yes, you know, uh, Defender for endpoint would be deployed in Defender for Cloud, so that that information would go about the endpoints. But this is more about infrastructure, isn't it? Yeah, I think if we if we split the two sides, if you've got three six five Defender as like your, I'll call it like IT in your organization, yeah. if if you know um it but i suppose defender for endpoint is in there as well so it does it does get they, they are all a bit into mix but if we think about it in like big blobs you've got the 365 defender it's like it and then you've got you know because uh, you know in the in the new world like how we well how we build now in the cloud you know our infrastructure is slowly well not some organization not fully um, migrating into cloud workloads right you know your on-prem you know uh, app service that you would have had you know in your basement data center in your organization may now be sitting in azure you know they don't have to be but maybe they are now and arc will cover you for you know any any issues with that but but the, the point that i'm trying to make is is if you think it, you know you've got i IT people endpoints, you know, um, the devices, that sort of thing, behavior, 
documents, SharePoint, all that sort of stuff. And then Defender for Cloud is really infrastructure and understanding that. And I think, like you said, we haven't really talked about protective workloads. And I think we should talk about maybe do an episode on protective workloads because they are important. Because we've talked about CSPM, which is just showing you how to remediate and your gaps in your config and, and all of those different things. Um, but you know what we haven't really talked about is what protective workloads are doing f- for you from a response perspective, mm. right? And yeah. also a detailed like logging perspective. You know, um, understanding what your SQL servers are doing. You know, in in the cloud is really important. You know, who's accessing it? Is there any anomalies in access? You know, um, have you just created like one app user, and for some reason that app user is now being connected from a remote IP address because you accidentally left the firewall open like that's a really dumb example but like these things happen on a a daily basis and and what i think about the cloud and i think why i'm such an advocate of defender for cloud is that um because cloud's really my area like um the 365 defender i do get involved with especially on the iot side but all of that stuff is really what i class as it so Defender for Cloud for me is somebody that lives in Azure and that's like, you know, my sort of area is it's just constantly watching, you know, it's, it, it's kind of like this, you know, um, big brother, you know, constantly telling me like what I'm doing wrong, you know, because we, we, we have all been there. Like we, we've all been there where we've opened a port to do something and then we forget about it. Right. You know, y- you need something that's going to then say, Oh, by the way, you know, that port that you left open, well, it's been open for six weeks. You know, maybe you should, you know, maybe you should um, think about uh, looking at that. And and some of the, okay, some of the protective workloads can get expensive, can they? We, we, we know when you add them all up, it can get a bit like crazy, especially if you've got a lot. But the only thing I'd say is, is that your total bill for Defender for Cloud is going to be a lot less than a human having to look at that, you know, if you were to manually do it. You know, so if you were if you were diligently checking your cloud infrastructure manually, you would spend a lot more money, in my opinion, than Defender for Cloud. You know, it would be an absolute no brainer. But unfortunately, a lot of organizations aren't even doing that due diligence. They're putting systems infrastructure in place and then they're moving on to the next project. And then you have this like, you know, this security um, gap and this this yeah this this problem that can rear its ugly head later on down the line so so defender for cloud is really yeah solidifying that you know benchmarking and 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 monitoring and and one piece i did miss out of our little like initial talk about defender for cloud was i uh infrastructure iot because that becomes a real big error and we kind of briefly talked about some of that at one point about defender for iot um but yeah it's that that in itself is really infrastructure, isn't it? Really, it's not. It isn't endpoints per se. It is just detecting what's happening on that infrastructure, that network, isn't it? And yeah, seeing yeah. those potential attacks because again, getting that information about what might be happening on an OT environment, um, and then correlating against defender for endpoint or email yeah. to understand how something got in, it shows the big picture and yeah. that kind of. Uh, we'll come back to quickly to IoT, but that kind of ties into Microsoft Sentinel bringing these two products, these two big product suites together to see that holistic view. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. And just just touching on IoT specifically because IoT is a weird and wonderful world, right? About there's very there's lots of different viewpoints of IoT, right? And um, and what an IoT device actually is, and you know you could put you know you could put ten different devices on a desk in front of you, they would all be classed as IoT, and they would do very different things. The way that I'm I sort of view it is is that three six five Defender is for things that are operated by people, like humans maybe, like endpoints, you know things like that. It does also cover servers for Defender, but but yeah, just you know, there there is some other, there is a few, <laughs> there's a few things that criticize my viewpoint there. But if you imagine, you know, three six five Defender, things that people operate, and Defender for Cloud for things that are cloud connected in some way, that are just operated autonomously. You know, they do a job. They're a, you know, they're an application. They're a a service. And, and when we talk about um, industrial IoT, we're talking about you know ot sensors um operational technology like let's say you have a factory and let's say your factory makes ice cream and you've got temperature sensors because i like ice cream so i'll talk (laughs) about ice cream um maybe you've got temperature sensors in your fridges and freezers which um which modulate when they turn on and off right and it, it would be and we've heard this you know these problems in the industries before where um um um, people have got into systems and turned off these, you know, and disabled these types of temperature thermometers or inverted their values so so that you know um, things spoil quickly and, and things like that and actually do destructive actions to them. So what, for instance, um, uh, Defender for IoT from an OT perspective is is it's it's not cloud connecting that network because that would be absolutely nuts, <laughs> right? Because of how OT works, we should do just do an episode on OT because it's a bit weird and wild. Um, until I'd got some <laughs> visibility of it, I just didn't realize how like insane OT can be. Um, but what we're trying to do is we're trying to observe that network and feed the analytics that we observe from that network straight up into Defender for IoT, and then hopefully straight into Sentinel at that point, right? Because because lateral movement inside of organizations is huge, right? Because if you imagine your OT network to let's say your your factory as a factory more than likely the most important well probably your finance function as well but your finance function and your factory your factory floor are probably your factory floor is probably the most important thing you know from an operational perspective so protecting that is very 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 vital and what we've seen a, a lot is is we've seen lateral movement from corporate IT networks into OT networks. So they first they first infiltrate um, corporate IT networks that have vulnerabilities or access you know, issues, and then they will laterally, laterally move into OT networks that should be effectively, but not air-gapped between you know, enterprise IT systems. So, so when Microsoft talks about this timeline, attack chain, whatever wording you want to want to use for it understanding somebody um, doing reconnaissance on your network you know maybe somebody's got access to your ot network and they're running port scanning software on it to understand what the devices are on that network you know if you've got defender for iot looking at that ot network 
it can detect those because it's looking at every single packet that flows through that network. So, you know, so, so, so you've got, if you've got this tooling in place and I'm not just some Microsoft shill because like, this is, this is like XDR. This is, you know, there, there are other products and tools to, to do this sort of thing. We just happen to like the Microsoft flavor of it. Um, you know, if you can see that timeline of, you know, phishing email went in, malware payload delivered, you know, pwn the the operators, you know, from some open source intelligence, they worked out who the operator was of that, you know, or manage that, you know, factory line, you know, pwn yeah. that machine, laterally move into the OT network, because chances are they've probably opened a few ports to their thing so they can look at some management interfaces or get the data. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like that yeah, is with, a... With, without, yeah, without going into the, into the factory to go and look at it manually, that's just RDP to it. Because I Without don't want to go in I can't there. be bothered to walk into the... <laughs> I've got to put my ear defenders on to go into the factory and it smells bad and I don't like going... You know, it, it's... That is a very real problem, right? And it's not really a problem until people have problems. You know, we get called in, basically, right? That's the that's the truth of it. So, um, and I know that was a big old rant, so apologies for that. But I think, you know, even though the name is slightly... That they've got to have a name that catches all of these different things. Um, and I think the big thing to also call out with Defender for Cloud, just quickly, is multi-cloud. Because Microsoft is effectively going, you know what? You won't put all your workloads in Azure, but we'll sure, you know, look at them for you, you know, and secure them and remediate them for you remotely, right? So Microsoft have, with Defender for Cloud, I mean, there's as many, if not more, updates to GCP than AWS than than anything else, right? In in that in that you know in that workload. So so I think it's it's vitally important that that people understand that Microsoft is building a a system that is I'll call it platform or cloud agnostic. You know, right? You know, if you do have VMs in AWS, because that's what your product team likes to build in, then, you know, as a, um, as a security team, you can get visibility and control of those systems. There's not some extra set of tooling to, to, to learn and understand, right? It's all in one place, which is very powerful. And, and again, it's, it's rapidly deployed, isn't it? And, and again, you don't have to have multiple vendors to look after it and helps, you know, I think it kind of feels like at least with uh, the Microsoft offering, cause we understand this. So, so I don't know what other offerings look like, you know, they're, they're going to be fa fairly similar, but I've not you know, researched them. So, but you know, it de definitely does feel like, you know, the, the small businesses can have that enterprise grade, like security without having to pay for like the biggest like appliance that the minimum appliance can only can do 500 5000 users yeah, you know exactly. as an example you know this is saying well if you've got 20 people then that's great you just pay for, yeah well yeah. i think I, th I think as well it's um you know what other big like really big company like of the big cloud providers is doing multi cloud like, who else do we know has has got a multi cloud CSPM offering that isn't an independent company, you know, like, and, and it's got a, you know, um, an integration, you know, so deeply in, you know, with many different products, you know, it's, it is, 
from that perspective, it is rather unique. I mean, not not in its totality. I'm not saying that it's you know, it, it is really it's really effective, and I yeah, I'm a big fanboy of it. But as a singular solution from a very like large organization, you know, some people might not be into Microsoft, and that's also okay, right? Because you know, as much as people love them, there's also as many people that don't love them, right? You know, so um. So that's okay as well. But I think, you know, organizations that, you know, primarily use Microsoft's products, it's kind of a, um, like a, a, a natural, let's call it a natural like place to look, right? You know, if you're, if, if you're, if you're using Exchange and Outlook to, 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 if you've got the trust in Microsoft to run Exchange, you know, whether that's on, you know, office.com, whatever it is, um, or it's on-prem and you're in that ecosystem, you know, it's, it's, it's safe to assume that those people would also be, you know, um, uh, trusting in Microsoft to, to, to run, you know, the security aspects of their business as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, yeah, it's probably worth saying as well that the, the, the move to XDR, whichever, you know, product you're using is a journey. There is no, you know, we're not, there's no way that you could turn it on, uh, depending on the size of you, of course, if you're only like a, a one or two man or two person organization, it'd probably be very quick to turn all of it on. But generally, it's, you know, there are, you know, it's quite a few steps to take and XDR starts with just having a couple of these products to cover you and then you build on it. So it's definitely a, a journey to get to, because again, you know, if you're, if you're deciding to go to a single product, a single um, vendor or product suite, then you are going to have to wait for those contracts to end and things like that to to move over from you know, move your AV or your EDR solution to to Microsoft or move your uh, move away from your Mimecast to Microsoft Defender for Office you know capabilities. There is some of that as well, and again, it there may be a question there or a decision about. And this we probably talk, should talk about this earlier, but it's come up now, but or into my mind at least. Um, that maybe there's a cost saving there. Uh, there's a possibility that if you haven't got these other vendors, you're already paying for most of the licensing, or it's not much of a lift that you're actually going to save money, and you haven't got to employ potentially more people in in specific areas. They can cover, you know, maybe Microsoft as a group of people. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I, it, I, yeah, it depends. Yeah. I've seen I've seen organizations save hundreds of pounds a month moving to E5 from disparate products. And we're not even talking about security. We're just talking about, you know, uh unified um email communication, you know, SharePoint, like, you know, all of those different things that are, that were being served by multiple different vendors, right? Because once you your your Slack Pro is kicked in, your air, you know, like your calling system is kicked in, you know, because you know but then you actually look at it and go, actually, let's call it sixty pound a month. I don't, I don't know what it exactly is. I think it's like fifty eight pound a month or fifty. I can't remember what the exact <laughs> price is. But let's say sixty pound a month for E five suddenly starts to make sense when you've got all of these different SaaS products that you can. And like I said, that's not even talking about, you know, um, all of the other like because we're we're coming at it from a security perspective, you know, because we're we're also you know 
because you, you 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 could theoretically as well and correct me if i'm wrong alan because you're like the licensing guy here because i'm not right so you could theoretically could you buy all of this without any of could you just buy the security aspects of xdr for licensing would you have to buy everything else that comes with it uh, from from the Microsoft 365 Defender piece, I th- think that you get most of it. Put me on the spot now, but I think you'll be able to get the. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> your, if you've got M365 E3, I think you can add the Microsoft 365 E5 security add-on, and that will have everything apart from Defender for Cloud because that is that's completely consumption. Separate, it's consumption it? yeah. anyway. Yeah, it's consumption, but... yeah. As far as where you so, get everything yeah. or majority of things that there aren't like extra SKUs like the Microsoft vulnerability, Microsoft Defender vulnerability management, because that's an add-on to Defender for Endpoint in effect. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they're, they're you know, there's there's fewer few of those at the moment. Yeah, so so that's that's what I'm saying is that and I think you're right. I mean, that is gonna be very different because when you do when you do sometimes talk licensing, especially when there's like thousands of, you know, <laughs> users there, like those bills do rack up quite a lot. But when you do sit down, and I think if you are consuming your licensing, which is very important as well, yes, if you're if you're willing to not just buy the licensing, but also to do the work to consume the full amount of that license, and you know, and and I think this is where the journey aspect of it comes in, right? Because this is not a you rush in and like in two days you've got your xdr in like a relatively large organization right you're, you're gonna have to take time to talk to that organization and work through with them skill up you know communicate well, internal communication like all sorts of different things you're gonna have to do um but yeah i think it is there is a possibility uh, for that definitely Okay, yeah, and then I guess the last piece on this was Sentinel, and we've kind of talked about Sentinel, what was it, three episodes away? Yeah, season, episode 17, where we talked about Microsoft Sentinel. It, you know, it is bringing those two products at least together with their alerts, and you can ingest the data as well if you want to, but you can then bring in your other sources like your firewalls and your, your other infrastructure that isn't capable of, you know, getting the logs from Defender for Cloud, et cetera into that single place so you've got and then you've got your full holistic view of your environment yeah yeah definitely and and would it be fair to say that sentinel is then the orchestration and the management plane for for all of these different things right you know if you've got your playbooks you've got you know uh, because you know playbooks can be complex but they can also be relatively trivial like you know um send an email to somebody send it open a ticket in a ticket system you know alert somebody do do all those different things right uh, but sentinel's giving you like i talked about before that glue that sentinel gives you for you know bringing these different sources together um that glue is going to be also vital in this perspective as well right to bring in those third-party sources uh, that you you're probably going to have in your organization you know because microsoft give me a give me a product that microsoft doesn't create they don't create switches, do they? Microsoft, right? So you can't, you know, like if you've got switching gear and you want to, or firewalls, if that may, on-prem firewalls, you might have, it's chances are you're going to have a, well, you are going to have a third-party solution for that, aren't you? You know, that's going to be, you're going to have to feed that in somewhere, you know, to get visibility of it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so um, let's, um, 
should we talk through some sort of uh, the highlight? I think we talked a lot of a lot about these uh, benefits anyway. But can we just talk about talk through some of the highlight uh, benefits of XDR from what we've seen and and what we've got? Um, Alan, do you, do you want to take us through this? Uh, yeah, sure. So, like we said, we talked about it's the visibility across the the product suite. So we haven't got to worry about trying to bring them into Sentinel and, and, and things like that, but also Sentinel bringing in the other sources that aren't, you know, that aren't native. Um, the alert management. So, you know, those, those two, you know, Defender, Microsoft 365 Defender and Defender for Cloud has their own sort of ticketing or instant management pieces in them. So like we said, they can be like XDRs on their own. Um, but they can enhance or you can enrich the data if it's, you know, that you push them into Sentinel because then they can you know, be correlated with other um, data sources. Um, automation. So, you know, there is, there is machine learning in there about usual behavior and as well as, you know, what's happening within the environment overall. So without just seeing it from a single place or a single product and then, Sentinel trying to pick, you know, put it all together. You know, it knows about the other products. It's designed to to know, so it's able to see that lateral movement and things like that. Um, increased efficiency. So because they're all talking each other, the logs are all going to the same place. It's able, you know, the machine learning's kicking in. You know, some of that remediation, the automatic instant remediation is is kicking in and doing most of the work where it can, um, and then where it can't, then it's when you know it gets pushed up to sentinel for other remediation or where we need to do a sanity check like you know i do want to isolate the device from the network or these devices um and yeah real real time detection threat detection as it's happening because we can see the we can see the whole environment you know where when data's coming you know what when yeah emails are coming in to the system you know how they're being opened where you know where that may be executing and then you know, exactly as, as i said before you know we can see it taking place and then we can try and disrupt it as as the potential attacks happening um is there anything else sam that i've missed no i think that's it i think we've talked about them as we've gone through to be totally honest with you because we sort of just you know were i think you know all of this technology is only going to be driven by value right it's a va- it's always a value exchange right whenever you're mm-hmm. deciding to take on something you're gonna you know you're gonna uh, decide to go down the path of xdr that's going to be work for you right um and you've got to trade that investment with some some return on it right so um but yeah i think those benefits really do outline you know the, the main reasoning of why you would go down this you know this this path yeah, and I think just one more thing is that, you know, from from the Microsoft perspective, at least, you know, this is scalable. You know, you do that piece of um, build at the start, build that configuration. Um, and then as you deploy to the, the organization, you're just literally deploying it at that point. There's no extra bits you have to configure on the way, per se. You know, it is a sort of engagement to build and then depends on how big you are, that piece of work is done. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 100%. Okay, then. So, Sam, 
what's what's some of the the challenges then because it's it, you know it's it's all right saying everything is benefits and the, you know there are challenges with you know putting xdr in yeah okay so i think the first one and we've touched on this briefly from the other aspect of it um but if you've not currently got you know these these pieces of technology in your organization um then there is going to be an extra cost for you you know as nice as microsoft is they are a company they they exist to you know make money for their shareholders so we do have to you know also approach this with an element of um empathy and caution to you know say our customers right as a partner you know it's all well and good us standing on our soapbox and saying you should do x y and z right and you should have all of these workloads turned on and all of those different things and then you know and then those organizations going well that's going to add tens or hundreds of thousands of pounds of extra overhead to our you know security spend let's let's say um some some organizations will be at a point where they say that's absolutely fine we we understand that we need to the world that we live in we need to protect these you know um these systems and we need to make that investment but quite rightly so other organizations will push back and say you know do i really need this you know is this you know uh really going to really going to help me now if XDR is if you know if 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 you check every single box on XDR and you're a ten out of ten or a hundred out of a hundred or whatever you know crude ranking system we want to make up for this analogy, um, you know I think as as Alan's mentioned, um, the other side of that is it is a journey, but it's also a journey in terms of how much that you want to invest. Maybe for your organization, thirty percent of the workloads you know a- enabling will be enough for you. You know maybe it's Maybe you're a SaaS company and Defender for Cloud is really what you're most concerned about at the moment. You know, maybe your main focus is, you know, your cloud infrastructure, making sure that your your company's, you know, if you're a SaaS company, then your data is, your SaaS data is probably the most important thing to you. You know, that's probably part of your, um, your, your intellectual property and the value of your business. So maybe you start off with just Defender for Cloud and maybe that's just consumption based. You know, maybe you add on, you know, some extra cost to your infrastructure to start off there. And then maybe you slowly work through the other Devender products, you know, or maybe actually, you know, um, it's it's the other way around for you. Maybe you're a business that sells, I don't know, let's say you sell insurance or, or something like that. Maybe you use a third party system to, you know, log, you know, some sort of third party. I don't know how insurance is sold or managed. So let's just <laughs> say there's an ERP system that you use. Maybe that you just pay for that. And maybe it's actually your IT that you need to look at, you know, your endpoint, you know, um, security and things like that. So different organizations are going to have different priorities in terms of what they're focusing on. And there is only so much time in the day and only so much money. So they do have to prioritize that. So I think approaching XDR in a, a framework-like methodology and a best practice sort of viewpoint, um, but also being supportive to your your customers and also to your own organization about, you know, what their journey looks like. I think that's really important because, you know, being grown up about it, there isn't unlimited money, you know, so we have to, and unlimited time, we have to prioritize. Um, and I, you know, so lots of technology to onboard as well. So it's not just the price of 
you know, your monthly price of these these things, you've also got an onboarding cost. You know, Defender for Endpoint does not get rolled out by itself, right? It has that, you know, s- some work by somebody that knows what they're doing has to occur. I mean, that's really generic the way that I've described <laughs> it there. But, you know, something does need to happen. You do need to, you need to build it. So you either need to pay a partner to come in. You either need to hopefully have people inside your organization that know it. That would be a great bonus. Or you need to, you know, pay to get them skilled up, you know, in in that new technology. So I think we've also and and that cost, that cost to implement, to upskill, and to manage can dwarf the license cost. You know, you think, you know, add, you know, getting an extra fifteen pound a month per user is hard work, but orchestrating that and getting it across the line can be very complex especially when you're working with a third like if you're an organization working with a third party like a partner bringing them in and integrating them into your business you know can be a challenge you know you've got different viewpoints you know different um different assumptions and different drivers you know that can be complex so um so but i think that's why microsoft have built their partner ecosystem they they want businesses to understand that they do have options you know of, of people to turn to they're not by. They're not all alone. Um. So and what we've so on the other side of that is um, you may have one of these. Let's say you've got a an existing EDR solution. It could be any of them because there are many. Um. Maybe you have an existing EDR solution. How do you go through replacing that, and what process do you go through? You know because. You know, you could have te- uh, technologists inside your business, which are very pro your current, you know, um, offering. You know, um, let's say your current EDR, everybody knows like the back of their hand, they're really happy with it and all of those different things. Um, and then in trying to go through a process of Microsoft XDRing uh, that system could be could, could be a challenge. So just understanding that and and replacing them. Not to mention, like license. I think Alan mentioned it. Like licensing, you could be on like a three-year deal for your XDR, uh, your EDR. So you might not even be in a position where you can onboard that part of it. That's where we talk about a journey. You might say we're going to start off with Defender for Cloud because maybe you don't have a CSPM and protective workload solution on in the cloud uh, because they are, I would say, more rare than say something like EDR, right? Um. So you might start off in one area and then move to another. So um, Microsoft's marketing would tell you that you need all of these things turned on, which, you know, best practice, 10 out of 10. This is, you know, your North Star. This is where you need to get to. Um, but again, you know, just to bang the point home, I've said it so many times and Alan's already said it, but it is a journey. Um, and then the last thing is is when, when you start to... A, a challenge that I... I see is is full I'll call it full Microsoft alignment, right? It sounds like Starship Troopers or something like that, right? <laughs> or um Ready Player One or, or something like that. It's some, some sort of dystopian future. But if you imagine uh full Microsoft alignment can be a big, big challenge. You know, uh Alan and I are, you know, big I call it Microsoft fanboys. You know, we're we're on we're on board with that only because our brains would explode if we could even like move outside of like just one singular <laughs> ecosystem. So having one singular ecosystem is amazing because you do get great integration, you know, um, you know, uh, tight ecosystems, you know, if you talk about your 
iOS, you know, uh, you know, iOS and, and to some extent Android as well, because they do a good job of having a you know, Google have a do a great job of having a joined up ecosystem. Right. Once you're inside of one single ecosystem, it can be really great because things, you know, talk and, and things and, 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 and happen nicely together. But when you do have to integrate with other third party systems, you may have to plug some of those gaps and that could add a bit of. I'll call it frustration into your, you know, building of solutions, right? Because Alan's example of, you know, um, disabling an, an on-prem account, needing some scripts and some bits and bobs in between, you might still have to do some of that because, you know, because Microsoft's XDR solutions are just fully integrated into its own product suite. You know, if you then want to then enact, you know, some sort of like, you know, um, network protection, you know, um, on-prem, then you're going to have to you're potentially going to have to join that up yourself, unless there is an uh, current you know uh, Sentinel or Logic Apps integration uh, there ready to go. Um, anything else, Alan, that you think I've missed in terms of challenges? No, I think you've covered them. There's you're right. It's it's there there is an element of hearts and minds, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, definitely. 100%. And that is that is going to be there forever. Not just in that is not even just an <laughs> XDR conversation, right? Maybe we should have a No, I'm not having a I'm not having an episode on that to be simple with you, but yes, yeah. Lots of cooks, you know, and there's only one broth, right? That's I think that's 100%. But yeah, and it's it's the whole yeah. question about all eggs in one basket and that sort of scenario about your security yeah. as well. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's that whole thing of yeah, they are all there, but they all talk to each other everything that doesn't is all separate doesn't talk to each other very well yeah. well, well everybody is going to approach security in a different way right yes. like and everybody's going to have a different viewpoint some people are going to take the pain of having you know multiple products and having to like glue them together as they'll, they'll accept that pain for the, the the benefit is that they are you know spreading their 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 risk around aren't they you know that they, they they will do that they will go in appoint different vendors for different things to like isolate each vendor from themselves not to do this like fully joined up um, mm-hmm. solution but we we can see that there is there is many benefits you know not just in xdr but just seem in general right to to kind of glue those systems you know uh, back together i think what microsoft's saying is saying here is is don't bother with the glue just use our solutions, you know, deploy them, which is a can be a challenge in itself. Um, not because of Microsoft's doing, but because of the real world, things are a challenge. Um, uh, and we'll do the glue for you, you know. Um, but in order to do that, you have to, you know, be in our ecosystem, which I think is a fair, a fair cop to be totally honest with you. Um, yeah, yeah, and I know we've we're obviously talking from from this sort of view of XDR from the Microsoft perspective, because we're in this ecosystem, but other XDR solutions and putting everything in one basket is going to be the same thing. It's not, there are some other products that do, you know, similar things, not necessarily everything to that Microsoft's doing at the moment, but talking about identity and EDR and things like that, all in one sort of suite of products to build an XDR that is there as well. So it's not just that challenge of, coming to microsoft and you know bringing in one vendor there it's it could be another vendor as well so it is quite generic that sort of 
thought process. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Right. Should we should we wrap this one up because we're at, you know <laughs> we try and aim for a forty five minute episode, but it never happens. We could for the next season we're definitely going to have to uh, change that and just accept that they're going to have to be at least an hour long, right? Like because it's that just, or, that or going to have to have like a, a tone or something in the background that comes on <laughs> that we can put yeah, on to exactly. say right. You got yeah. five minutes now. That's it. You're going. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, if you have, you know, um, if you have been listening, thank, thanks for uh, tuning into XDR because it is for us. It's a relatively new topic, and um, and I think it's it, uh, from our perspective, we're very excited for what XDR is going to uh, bring to 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 the security landscape. Um. So, Alan, what are we doing in our next episode? So the actual final episode of season two is going to be our season finale. So that's going to be just us recapping, you know, this this year's, in fact, it's only been this year, this year's uh, episodes or what we've been, you know, what fun we've had in the background of trying to get this stuff out, <laughs> uh, this content out uh, and things yeah. like that. So I think it's going to be yeah. it's more casual, less definitely not technical, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we'll talk about some sort of behind the scenesy sort of bits. Let's pull some weird and wonderful stats out of the analytics and things like that. Um, and then, yeah, we'll just do a brief recap of each of the topics that we talked about, um, and um, also our sort of plans for season three, maybe with some teasers on topics that we're going to cover, and sort of what we're going to do in the downtime to um, to make the podcast as good as it can be. So if you've enjoyed this episode, um, please do consider subscribing if you'd like to listen to more of this sort of content in the future. We have many more topics that we'd like to cover and your listens and support is what will continue to fuel the podcast going forward. We also have the ability for you to give us some feedback. Did you enjoy this episode? Do you disagree? Um, is there anything we missed? Um, there will be a link in the show notes for you to to a form that allows you to give some feedback. Your feedback, as Sam said, helps us uh, build season three exactly yeah it gives us the the inth- <laughs> the support and the <laughs> you know the the kick in the the backside to, to to get us onto the microphones every week so but so thank you ever so much for everybody that's listened to and we will have a wrap up but thank you ever so much if if you've been listening through the um through through this season um we do see the analytics we do see um you know your support it is it is very much appreciated it's it's very very humbling that's for sure okay thanks alan and um we'll catch you all in the next one yep thanks sam and speak to everyone soon bye